I've asked Alex to come along today to talk about what he does with, um, with content marketing. And I think what Alex does exceptionally well um, as a very reserved, quiet German man, that um, he's not all brash and bravado, but what he does is he puts content out consistently. Um, he's very effective in getting featured on various well-known publications. He does the PR trip exceptionally well. Um, and he's also an author of a book, which I think is an exceptional play. On that note, I'm going to invite him up to the stage. So please give a warm round of applause to Alexander Rauser. Right. So um, first, thanks, James, for inviting me to this. And uh, as I said, like, we, we met uh, quite a while back on like, working together on some engagements. And like, a couple of weeks ago, like, James reached out to me and he said, like, um, you want to come and talk about content? And I was thinking, like, me? About content, right? So, like, what do I know about content? Because, like, if anyone would ask me what I do, the content would be the last thing I would say. Now, before you, like, walk away and say, okay, the guy doesn't know anything about content, right? Um, I prepared something for you. Um, but it actually reminded me of something. As James said, I actually, like, I, I wrote a book, right? And it's not to, like, sell you the book or show off that I wrote a book, but, yeah, you can obviously go to Amazon and buy one uh, or get a free copy maybe later on from the girls over there. Um, but... The point is this, like when I wrote this book, I, I experienced myself how painful it is to actually create content. And I remember that like every day for like about four months, I would get up at six o'clock at morning, I would go to work until everyone comes so that they can't disturb me and like write a couple of pages of the book. And it was like really, really painful. So let's see how we can get the content straight then if you don't produce content. So the first thing is like, how do you actually create killer content, right? How do you make sure that your content gets seen and gets out there? And um, yeah, German as I am, I created some charts for you, like quite a few, and you can take a look at them. But I was thinking like, all the content that we typically create, right? It's like, it's the usual stuff, right? It's social, it's like articles, publications, maybe like we, we create like press releases and so forth. But then how do we actually utilize this content right now? And if we look at like these two timelines here, like these two lines here, we have like quality and we have depth, right? And if we were to organize this, we would probably find that like if we produce real quality content, such as like a publication, we have to like produce a lot of research and insight and there needs to be a lot of depth that we need to put into this content. And then while we like travel down the line, we will see that like there is this like social stuff as Victor just showed us, which is maybe less quality and less depth question mark, right? So the real question now, if we agree on this and we can debate it later on, then what can you actually do to move social over there as an example? Does anyone have an idea? How, what could you add to the mix to create your social content and push quality into it? What would you do? Produce it freshly, frequently, exactly. Less, exactly, less frequently. When you do less frequent, what would be the outcome? higher quality, right? And you would add more creativity into it as well, right? So we could say like, the more creativity we add into our social content and the more quality we put into it, right? Where we need the creativity for, that we can push it into this way, right? We don't need to that much depth yet, but we can actually produce more quality and more creative content. And here's an example of something where you can see that like with, you know, spending a little bit more time on something, and putting a little budget on it for like 750 dirhams or whatever and having like a little price and all that stuff, you can actually create like a huge amount of engagement 
what we have here, we have like 70,000 post engagements, 100,000 reach and so forth. And whatever these numbers mean, right? Engagement, reach and all that stuff. But like it shows that like by focusing really on the content, we can get better results, right? So the question is now, who, who has so, who's doing social media stuff? Okay, more, more than two people, okay. So why do we spend like every day posting like three, four times on our social media accounts for our clients? And then once a month we create this killer post. What, what, why do we do the other ones, right? Anyone has an idea? Why do we create all this other content? Maintain the engagement, right? Yeah, anyone else? Yeah, so exactly, why do we create it, right? Might as well not create it. Oh, you wanna, you wanna educate people? Right. Exactly. It's a lack of education, right? So the, the point is like, why do it if it doesn't do anything, right? So that's one of the points. Now, if we move on, so we, we missed something, right? The delay here. Um, so there is one question mark on the side over there. What would you produce that's like of very high quality, but maybe a little bit less depth as a publication? Video. Who said? The content person. Great. Right. So you can create more video, right, with like a lot of quality and a lot of like, little less depth, right? So but what can you actually do to move your video? How can you move your video down here? How can you produce less quality video with less depth, but maybe increase your engagement? What would you do? Creative content, user generated, stories, and all the features that like Facebook and Instagram introduced, live, who said live? Yes, great. Live content, right. By producing live content, we have to invest less effort into quality, but we can create a lot of engagement, right? So that's also quite interesting. And then we can, what, what is live content? It's relevant, right? So live content is like really relevant content. That's why it works. So we have like depth, quality, relevance, and creativity. All these like different things that we can focus on to see how we can evalu evaluate, evaluate, elevate that one, uh, our content. Now, but actually here's a question, right? So if you look at like, different uh, influencers, so like the marketing people, right? So Seth Godin, right? So he's famous. What type of content does he produce? Books. And that's depth, right? And Gary Vaynerchuk? Yeah, relevance, right? Swearing. So, now, how can you do this efficiently? Now, as I said, like, content is painful, right? It's really tough, especially the quality content takes so much time, and who's going to create all that? And so, where do you start? And I think it goes back to what, uh, what the lady said earlier, right? So, clients, they need a little bit of education sometimes. So, where do we jump into usually in terms of, like, creating content, right? What's the first thing we do? The publication or the social? Social, right? So we go into social because it's easy to set up a social media account and it's easy to like post a couple of pictures and everyone can do it. So we focus on less quality and less depth, but maybe more quantity. But I guess you guys know where this is going, right? Where should we be focusing on? We should focus on the other side, which is like the quality and the depth. So now here, is the interesting thing because if you do this, if you create a publication, right, and it could be a white paper, or like like a really nice long thing, 
book thing, <laughs> right? What could you actually do with this content? You could turn it into an article or two or three, and you could maybe make a press release out of it, maybe not two of them, but like maybe one, and you could maybe make an email series out of it, and you could create like tons of social posts out of it. So what we do, we focus on making like little creative ideas for social media and every day something different and every day like 10 posts and we're trying to like doing all these many things. While in reality, we could focus on this big, nice quality piece of work and then give it to people to chop it up into smaller pieces and disseminate, right? That's maybe a good idea. So how can I maxi maximize this even more? If we look at this, same stuff, our publication has like a very long lifespan, right? So because it's quality content, it can be like used for a long time, people will read it for a long time because it stays relevant and so forth. Our article maybe dies a little bit longer, uh, sooner, right? So maybe after like a month or two, it's maybe outdated, who knows, depends on the type of article. Um, press releases, email, social, right? It's gone, right? You send the press release, like people look at it, they, they do something with it or not, it's gone. And social media, like how, how, how long do we have now? I don't know, like it's like hours or I don't know, days until your social media post is just like nowhere, if it goes anywhere. So has anyone any idea how you could change the behavior of these types of content and make them live longer, right? We have time on the bottom. How can you get more out of any of them? What could you do? Any ideas? Promote them, okay. Right, quality, okay. So let's take a look at this. So I tell you what has changed, right? So publication hasn't changed, article has changed, PR hasn't changed, social has changed, and email has changed. Now, may work like this, not always, but to get the point across, your social media, right? Another way to get even more out of it and to make it live even longer, we can reuse it, right? Because we're going to work in content themes, right? We're not going to reinvent something new every single day. We're going to like work in certain themes of what we're going to communicate. And therefore, we can actually reuse some posts. And there's some great tools that do this for you. There is one called Meet Edgar. You know, you can check it out online. You can put all your social content and it will automatically disseminate the content over again, maybe after two months, maybe after three months, given, of course, that it's evergreen-ish content, right? So, I mean, it shouldn't be like the life score from the Germany-Mexico game, which you shouldn't post anyways, but um, you could repost certain content. Now, the next thing, let's look at email, right? How can you get more out of your email content? Instead of like sending a monthly email blast with like latest news of the month, why don't you create content that you can send to any customer for the next six months whenever they do the first interaction with you, whenever you onboard them to your products and services, whenever you need to like, educate them on how they can get in touch with customer support and so forth. And then the concept is that like, all this will technically evaluate, elevate is it, right? <laughs> the other content because you keep promoting it, as you said, right? So that's kind of like your own advertising, your own media. Now, what content should you actually be creating? So. In order to know what content we should be creating, we need to understand our customer, right? And why do we need to do that? Because like, once we understand our customer, we know which channels they are present so we can actually reach them. We know which content we should produce in order to like, personalize it for them. 
we know like what targeting we should be like setting up in order to make sure that it's relevant to these people and we know the experience uh, that we need to give in order to create like better conversions and of course the messaging to actually attract them right so customers are like super important to understand that's why we're doing these personas and i know there are like a lot of like people that say ah oh, personas don't work it's too complicated and all that stuff but there is still a point to it because in reality you can't create well maybe you can't but you can't create content for every single type of customer, right? We need to bucket it, we need to theme it, we need to create themes based on personas that makes it easier for us to actually produce the content. Now, so how can we create a, a mo like models, right? Model for content success. Now, the first thing is like we need to understand our customer journey and we made an example here where we like put together like a, a car servicing a garage, right? Where you bring your car. So when a customer like wants to interact with a garage, the first thing they do, they research, right? So they go in online and they check like, you know, what garages are there. Then they try and book. Then hopefully they check in at your garage. Then they service their car. Then they check out and then there is maybe a follow-up or like a maintenance or whatever you want to sell them. Now, within those customer journey, there are certain things that people think and do, right? So how do they research? They go on Google. They ask their friends, they chat to you on Facebook, I don't know. And what do they think, right? Which is the best one? Which is the cheapest one? Which is going to rip me off? You know, which is going to like, I don't know, fix my AC. It's like all the worries that they have in their head. And the same for the booking, right? So oh, are they going to be available on Saturdays? Can I actually drop my car like before I go to work? That's all the stuff they're going to think. And then the touch points that they're going to interact with are, for example, Google and search, right? And here we're going to have like different channels that we are as operating the garage need to be present right so we're going to be on google we're going to be on sem advertisements and so forth and we need to produce the right content for each stage of this funnel so what we have here on the bottom is an idea so if people are in the research phase and they go on google and they say like i want to find the top five car companies in dubai then maybe there is going to be a blog post that's going to list the five top car companies in Dubai and James is going to make sure that it's on page one and on the top but now the question is like do you want to be part of the top five or do you want to own the page with the top five right and that's what's happening to a lot of you know now finance companies insurance companies all the comparison sites they're like taking their traffic and then they sell it back to them and the next thing is like we need to have an offer for each stage of this funnel we need to offer something to the customer in order to drive them to the next stage so if I'm researching the top five car companies maybe I offer them a free inspection right if they are about to book maybe I offer them a pickup right home home pickup if they're checking in maybe they're getting something else a voucher to come back or something like that now anyone has an idea why this offer is so important other than driving them to the next stage collecting leads okay if you have a different offer in each stage what would it allow you to do later remarketing yeah that's a good one what tracking yes exactly then you can track how your content in each of those stages actually performs right 
because some content is difficult to track. Your blog post is easy, you put your Google Analytics, but like how does this Facebook post do? Does anyone see that? Now they like this. Are they gonna come or not? You know, I don't know. Right? But now we have the offer, and now we see that there's an uptake on using the offer, and now we can actually see that there is potentially an impact on this campaign. Ah, I gave it away, right? So here we go. The offer we can use to set our KPIs, measure our conversion rate, and we can prove that our campaigns actually potentially work. So other ways we can actually measure um, content performance is like by using these more like different metrics, right? Like bounce rate, scrolling, uh, if people actually scroll and read that stuff, you know, time on the page, organic traffic, likes, shares, comments, and so forth. So these are all indicators if our content is performing or not. Now, does anyone do attribution modeling? Um, but here's like a, a, a quick case, and this is like something really old, you know, it's like, some uh, thing for Commercial Bank of Dubai, right? Anyone from Commercial Bank of Dubai here? Good. Um, right. So what we've done for them, um, we've created an uh, inbound strategy for people that are moving to the UAE that are expats, right? So like an expat comes from like another country, they come to the UAE, what are they interested in? They want to know what's the best schools, what's the cost of living, you know, where do I bring whatever, my child in the morning for school and so forth. So what we've done, we've created a, uh, a, a content website for them, which was called <laughs> Moving to the UAE. And we created articles for like different types of questions that an expat would have if they would move to the country. And this was around two years ago. So like today, I checked like what's actually going on with the website because no one has touched it for like the last two years. And I know it's like, it's kind of like the key thing, right? Moving to the UAE. But that content is still like on page one. It's the last result, but it's still there. And it still drives traffic. And based on the analytics, there are other like best schools in Sharjah and whatever, that kind of stuff. The page is still on page, the, sorry, the pages are still on the, on, the, on the first page rank, right? So I'm not saying that this is great right now, right? Because as said, it hasn't been touched for two years. But what I'm saying, it shows you that that quality could actually pay off. And the reason why I put this here, because sometimes it takes a little bit time to measure actually the impact of the content that you create. But it's a good example to see that like really putting the effort and doing the research and like figuring out what the content should be can pay off. So uh, one more question, so who should be creating that content? <laughs> you hire a content writer, right? So have you done that? Yeah, and it's good. Yeah, sometimes, yeah, yeah. So the truth is that like in reality, if you want to re produce really quality content, you kind of end up doing it yourself. At least that top quality depth piece. I mean, who knows that, what, what industry you're in? Perfumes. I know nothing about perfumes. How, how am I gonna write your content, right? So the point is, in order to produce that in-depth quality content, we need to have the insights from you, from the business, right? And that's why it's really important that like clients understand that, that if they want to produce quality content, it's not like going to an agency and like make me some awesome content about perfumes, you know? Yeah, we can take some pictures and make them animated, but that's, that's on the bottom, right? The quality is up there. So clients need to get involved. At least my opinion, right? We can argue about it. And then I, I put one more slide in there for you. I'm almost done. Influencers, right? Buzzword. So, what about influencers? 
because they also produce content for clients now. Any, any, anyone here who's using influencers for customers or themselves? So, because that's another thing, right? So we're paying influencers a lot of money to actually produce content for us. And that's a, I'm not saying it's a bad strategy, right? Because like some of them, they make actually nice content. But then again, it should be within that theme, within that funnel, and within the overall objective and with the call to action. That's really important. Now, I know measuring influencer marketing can be a little bit of a challenge. Um, there are some companies now that are you know, going more and more, especially in the US, like companies are going more and more for micro-influencers, right? Which is not like famous ones that charge a lot, but like the smaller ones that you know, do it for fun and they have like a couple of followers. And they actually get good results because they can actually take the data from their sales uptake from the post that the influencers do and map it over their Google Analytics and over their actual conversions and then see if there is actual impact or not, right? So there are ways to measure it, but it still goes back. If you want to be on contro in control of your content, you need to make sure that it actually matches your journey and that it fulfills all the requirements from the creativity to the reach to the quality and to the relevance. And in that, on that note, I want to say thank you very much and uh, we're going to see you in the Q&A. Thank you.